Thanks for joining us for Season 7 of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders at Branded Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the Finance Guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, otherwise known as the Restaurant Guy. Hey, thanks for that kind introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. Together, we are the personalities behind branded strategic hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, food service, technology, innovation, and capital. And I got to tell you, Jimmy, we got a great show. It is so exciting to be here for season seven. Seven, Jimmy, is that seven Mickey years? Mickey Mantle season. Is that seven years? Seven. Not seven years. years. Seven. Oh, it's not, not seven, seven years? Seven seasons. Seasons. Oh, so seven's it. Yeah. Seven weeks? Yeah, well, we, we squeeze a little more than seven weeks, a little less than seven years. We're making that happen, you know. I feel like George Costanza. Well, seven. I got to tell you, Jimmy, <laughs> I'm thinking about, we have been traveling like mad dogs. We are all over the place, and I am super excited because we are headed to Food on Demand in Vegas for another fantastic show at the Mirage. And that is just going to be another great show. So wanted to just mention, uh, anybody going to be at Food on Demand, uh, make sure you find Jimmy and I. Jimmy, the only thing I wanted to talk to you a little about is this incredible marketplace that we've built. I don't know if you heard anything about this. I don't know, but it sounds like a great big moment. Hey, here's one for you. Boom. Let's tell you, let's talk Jimmy, about the marketplace. I got to tell you, <laughs> we are signing up technology and innovation onto this marketplace every day, five, six, seven, ten companies. We have over 400 and something companies now on the marketplace. If you're an operator looking for a solution to help you solve some of the most pressing problems facing the hospitality industry, get onto the branded marketplace right now. It doesn't cost anything, Jimmy. It's absolutely free to go onto the branded marketplace and find some of the most incredible solutions. And I got to tell you, Jimmy, I'm, I'm loving it. Customers are loving it. Vendors are loving it. It's a real great connectivity point. So uh, that's all I wanted to say about that. Free, free. How do we make money? Jimmy, we're doing volume. When we hit a thousand, I'm pretty sure somehow we don't make profit. We don't charge. We make money on the volume of money we don't charge. I got it. And for all you Easter egg hunters out there, I know there's so many of you been following us closely, watching our social media. When it comes to the marketplace, one word for you. Boom. All right. Boom, baby. Boom. Boom. All right, let's move on with the show because we've got a fantastic guest and we want to give him the proper respect and airtime. We're excited, not just on today's episode, but to launch season seven. Guest number one, season seven, our friend, our partner, Mr. Tony Smith, CEO and co-founder of Restaurant 365. I cannot think of a better guest to kick off the new Mickey Mantle season. So, Tony, we'll have you take the lead. Please give us a little background or a quick update about yourself and, of course, introduce Restaurant 365. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me, guys. Season seven. So I did not know this was season seven. I I didn't I either. I didn't guys, either, Tony. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought you were clamoring to get me on, but seven seven seasons in. Okay, I see my priority here. Uh, definitely <laughs> We've been excited for four to, seasons. Yeah. <laughs> no, I am excited to be with you guys. This is going to be fun today. Uh, I, I'm out here in Orange County in Southern California surrounded by women. Uh, that's my wife and four daughters, by the way. Nice, nice. Good recovery. I yeah, like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm the CEO at Restaurant 365 and loving it. So just to tell you a little bit about uh, who we are, that we are a restaurant management software that is all inclusive. So we've got accounting, inventory, recipes, scheduling, payroll, HR. We have a ton of modules, forecasting, BI, and, and so we, we've set out really to put a lot of functionality all in one spot. 
and also to help restaurants realize this technology dream of the connected restaurant, right? Where, where all of their tech is in one spot or else it seamlessly talks to each other. And so that's really what we're setting out to do. I love it. You know, before we take a deeper dive, because there's a lot, as Jimmy likes to say, a lot of wood to chop, a lot of wood to chop here. <laughs> but before we get into it, let's just, I'd like to really understand what makes Tony tick. Who is Tony? And how did he get to Restaurant 365? So give me a little, let's go back to 1960-something or 1970-something. Talk to me. All right. Well, 1970-something would be the time I joined the planet. And <laughs> yeah, after that, you know, we, we grew up, of course, it was earlier times, so not everyone had a computer. I didn't have one in the home growing up. And so I really was afraid of them. I thought they were things for nerds at the time. And I never dreamed that I would be working on them or working in software down the road. Uh, but, uh, but in college, I thought I should probably make it part of my major just because you're going to have to use them somewhere in the workplace. And so, you know, I, I graduated with business management and information systems, never dreaming again that I would actually use it in my career. But shockingly to my naive self, what you study in college is often what people want to hire you for. So my first job out of college was working in software. And uh, I, was, I was doing that with a couple other guys, John Moody and Morgan Harris. And the three of us were the ones that eventually, this is now a number of years out of college, eventually decided to start Restaurant 365 together. I love it. And go figure what you learn in college or studying college. Someone might say, well, it sounds like I should talk to you about that as opposed to something else. Who knew I, I, if I could only tell myself uh, as a freshman? Well, what'd you study, Jimmy? Uh, political science. I was a government government major, religion minor. So clearly I can... the logical step was finance and hospitality tech and mm. innovation. You Clearly, that yeah. was the move. You just Listen, you just want to be a Renaissance man, exactly. I just I, I wanted my Bachelor of Arts, my uh, my liberal arts degree. Here we go. All right. Listen, we're back in trade shows, uh, fully in the swing, I should say, in trade show season. Chats, you already mentioned food on demand, which we're excited about. And listen, uh, we love when we go to conferences, playing our little co our favorite conference game. Every show, we pick a hot topic, and whenever a speaker, or a panelist, or you know one of the folks mentions the word, Chats and I lift our imagination glass. Sometimes it's not imaginary, but we lift our imaginary glass and we take an imaginary sip of our cocktail of choice. So Tony, in your opinion, um, at the next conference we're going to, it could be, it could be FOD. It could be the one after what's going to be the hot topic. What are we going to be lifting our glass to of the buzzword that's going to come up the most? Well, whether you're tired of it or not, it's going to be labor shortage or food costs. Labor that's shortage. What you're food gonna hear. There it is. That's so boring. Can't we come up with something more interesting? It's not boring. <laughs> it's very important, Shatsy. This is this is this is critical stuff. Okay. It can't be delivery all the time, Shatsy. You, you want him? You want him to be talking about Elon Musk and Twitter? Is no, that no, no. Let's talk, I agree. Labor shortage and cost. I agree. The supply side. Tony, tell us why. Well, it, it's uh, it, it's become so hot because obviously commodities are tough to come by for the restaurants right now, and where the focus during COVID was so heavy on sales channels. How can we get more money out of the same restaurant, you know, produce more sales? <clears throat> now that focus is shifting coming out of that COVID slowdown to how do we do this efficiently, effectively? How can we afford to do it? Because sales have actually been moving up. And, <clears throat> and so I think that's what we're really seeing the focus heavily on, which I love. This is like my day in the sun because our company has been working to solve that for the last decade. And it has always been a topic, but not the topic. And right now it's, it is the topic. 
Wow. Thanks for that, Tony. I got to tell you, you know, as operators, uh, we, we have been a customer of Compete and Restaurant 365 across our brands for uh, as, as, long as, as long as you guys have been around. Um, so long-time just, customer, first-time caller, Chef? Long-time customer, first-time long caller? Long-time customer, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got to tell you, I mean, I spoke to Tony a while back, and I told him, I mean, Harry sold us our first system on Compete, um, you know, I don't know, I mean, 20 years ago, 18 years ago, whenever it was. And so let's just talk a little bit about that uh, little uh, little acquisition that happened not too long ago. I think it's about a year ago. You guys bought Compete. I mean, that was really the competing uh, software in, in the market. It was Restaurant 365 versus Compete on the uh, back-end accounting. So give us a little bit about that acquisition. How is that going? What what? Why did you do it? How is it going? Uh, talk to us. Yeah. So, you know, we, we knew them over the years. They, they'd been around a lot longer than when we had begun and they were established. And so was c to it And then, you know, a few years down the road, we saw Compete and c to it join forces. And they were together, two solid brands. And, uh, you know, where we are in, in our life cycle as a business, we felt like it was a good time to bring all of those together because of the complementary nature, uh, because they have so many great customers. And we felt like we would be able to put all of the technology in one spot uh, so people easily know where to go and they're getting a ton of value. So uh, how is the acquisition going? It is fantastic. No buyer's remorse here. I'm so glad. Can I quote you on that? Can I quote you on that fantastic line? (laughs) Yes. All right, Jimmy. That's breaking news. The acquisition is going fantastic. I think that's our that's our first breaking news on season seven acquisition. Good. There we go. There there you go. People told me they were people told me it was a nightmare, uh, you know, to do the M&A. But uh, no, I've, I've loved it. There's so many talented people from their side that joined us. So many awesome customers in the fold. And then on the product side, we've been bringing a lot of the technology together. We've been advancing the tech from there. And yeah, I'm just I'm loving it. Bam. I like it a lot. I shouldn't say, sorry, that's not, not going to say bam. I'm going to say boom. 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 Listen, I want to talk data. I want to talk data, 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 data. Um, Tony, I believe you now have over 28,000 restaurants in the R365 family. I mean, if you guys could see me right now, I got my pinky up to my the corner of my mouth, 28,000 restaurants. That's a lot of customers that all have a great deal of performance data. How are your customers performing? How are they doing you know in terms of being you know back are they back to pre-pandemic levels what can you tell us in terms of what's going on in your restaurant customer world yeah it's it's been really helpful to be able to pool all of this customer data together we do have in the 30,000s of restaurants and it, uh, it so it's a large group across the US in all different sizes you know single units really major chains mid markets different concepts. And what we've seen is that when you average it all together, sales-wise, they're definitely doing better than they were pre-pandemic. So you compare 2019, same day to something in 2022, and and we're sitting about 10% higher on sales than they were doing in 2019 at the same store. Uh, So that's been exciting. Even, uh, you know, you see the dips when there's variants of COVID, but even this time around when Omicron came up in December, it came down to still about 2% above normal. So it didn't even dip down below normal where earlier in the pandemic, it was dropping off a cliff. And then each time a variant would come, it would drop. So that was a really encouraging sign is to see that with this last variant, it actually stayed above normal. And now it's marching back up higher again. As an industry as a whole, 
the restaurant sales dollars are not as high as they were pre-pandemic because 90 to 100,000 went out of business. But yep. for a restaurant that stayed open, that's what we're seeing. And we, you know, but we are also seeing an uptick with those sales. We're seeing an uptick in food costs, which we notice around 12%, labor somewhere around 10%, uh, that things are getting more expensive for them right now. I know we talked a little about, and you just touched on a little bit again about the the increase in labor, the increase in food cost. I mean, all major, major issues for operators. You also just mentioned that you've seen an average of a 10% increase in sales uh, on, on your 28,000 customers. So let's talk about that. So our sales are going up 10%, but now our menu prices are up 7%. Labor is up, um, you know, uh, 10, 12%. Food costs is up 10, 12%. So what kind of things, or is Restaurant 365, or what kind of tools, or what are you guys doing to help restaurants relieve some of these operational strengths? Their sales are going up, but also their costs are going up at the same time. So that's not a great, that's not a great match. I know I'm jumping into finance guy a little bit, and I should stay the restaurant guy. Yeah, a little bit, a little, little, little bit, a little, little bit. bit. I feel a little crowded over here, but, but I like, I, apologize. Chad, I like your question. It's a good question. I like it. But, you know, so what kind of tools do you have in the arsenal over 365 to help operators deal with some of this? Great that sales are growing up, but labor and, and food costs too. Yeah. Hey, Jimmy, I'm glad you didn't tell Shat stay in your lane or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, right? stay in my lane. Yeah. So, no, we, uh, I think that it starts with the right forecast. You've got to be able to forecast what you're going to be doing in your restaurant in the coming days, week, by day part. You want to know those things. And the better the forecast, the more accurately then you can shoot for your employee schedule as well as the menu items you're going to be selling. And so the ingredients you need to order. And, and really, when you get down to honing in on those order quantities, getting suggested quantities because you're forecasted, you're going to keep that food cost low. You're going to have less waste. And the same thing on the labor side, of course. You know, if you can get a suggested schedule based on the forecast, then you're going to have the right employees at the right time. You're not going to have a lot of overtime. You're not going to have a lot of extra hours. And those are those are things that we help restaurants squarely with in our tool. Shats, watch so this. You're not, watch this. So I'm not watch just this. guessing how right. how we're going to do this. Watch week. this, Shatsy. Yeah, I like Tony. You talked about the importance of forecasting. The importance of forecasting. How does a restaurant group do better forecasting? What do they need to do better forecasting? Yeah. Well, I mean, they need to use a tool for it, and I, I think that you look at what have you been doing across various time frames. So you look at the last eight weeks. You look at this same time a year ago. And you bring a number of those together. You you can average it out. You can add pieces in, such as, you know, a big event's coming up. Maybe you're a restaurant near Angel Stadium here. And you know on game days that's going to shoot up. And so you start to add in all of those factors. And with our system, it, it crunches those numbers and gives you a suggested forecast by day part. There you go. I like it. I think you need R365 and you need their quality and high class data. You need the data. Okay, listen, thanks for that. I want to talk about the connected restaurant. You brought that up earlier. I love the expression. We will probably borrow it. We will give attribution, or at least I will. Shatsy will probably claim it as his own. Oh, that's my own. <laughs> that's I, I make own. that my own. Um, <laughs> but it's been nothing short of awesome. Um, I mean, really, to see how operators have now come to embrace technology. I mean, necessity is the mother uh, of all innovation. And, and, and 
and the, the pandemic, we like to say, has really changed nothing um, in terms of our industry, but accelerated everything. See, Shats, I got that into season seven. We've Love. been running with that for the last couple, a couple of years, uh, certainly since the pandemic. Um, but it doesn't mean it can't still be really confusing uh, for owners and operators. Um, so with so much uh, kind of technology to choose from, what role is R365 playing to help the learning curve for operators that may be feeling you know, tech fatigue? Yeah, that is why we started. So, you know, I told you about when we started. It was back in 2011. But, but, but the it was 1970-something. Oh, yeah, yeah. 1970-something is why I started. Yes. Oh, but, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, we really wanted to solve that for restaurants. There were, we looked at this huge industry, and there were so many tools. It was crazy to, for a restaurateur to be buying 10 tools to run their business because they're not tech people. So they didn't really understand how to connect them together. And, and so that was really the goal for us was make this simple and make data immediately accessible. And so in order to do that, you need all your data in one place. So we wanted to accomplish as much as possible with our tool. So, hey, you could do accounting in it. You can do inventory. You do scheduling. You get these different tools in one spot. Anything we don't do, that's where the connected restaurant phrase comes from. Anything we don't do, we're going to seamlessly connect with. So, for example, on point of sale, I think we have 110 point of sale integrations that we pull data from every day. Um, we, we have a lot of vendors, uh, hundreds of vendors that we pull data from. And so we just try to try to bring everything into one spot so that they don't have to go very many places because we understand restaurateurs are restaurateurs. They're not IT people. We're busy, man. We're busy running restaurants, crying out loud, feeding the world. Hey, listen, I appreciate that. Before we move on, I just want to talk about something that's incredible. I don't know if Jimmy knew this. I don't know if our listeners knew this, but this is breaking news. R365 was named Best Startup Employer by Forbes. Don't know exactly when or what year, but it was named that, and that's important. That's really big news. So I just want to talk about a little about corporate culture, because if you guys were named best employer by Forbes, that's a pretty big deal. Jesse, by the way, that was last year. Thank you. That was like that was a that's not like ancient history. That was like that was. Yeah, that was back ago. Like that that wasn't back in 2011 when we had three employees and they asked all three of them if we were. Yes. So this is very recent. So this is breaking news. You were you were (laughs) best startup by Forbes. That's a big deal. Um, why is a strong company culture? Why does it matter? Why is that so important? And 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 how do you is it is it, how is it so important to restaurants? Give us a little background on that, and 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 talk to us about the corporate culture over at R three sixty five. Great, yeah. Well, thanks for uh, recognizing us with that breaking news there from last year. I, I love it. Uh, <laughs> Did, I, did at, I say this is season seven? Did I remind you this is season seven? Okay. I, I'm with sure. you. I'm with you. Uh, we, we do. We care a ton about culture here internally, and I do think that translates over and, and matters for restaurants. If you look at us at Restaurant 365, really as a CEO, what's your job? You know, it's whatever you want, but it's, it's whatever you need to do to make the business succeed. And for me personally, I've chosen four areas of focus. And my number one area, I I prioritize them. I've named company culture. I I think that is the most important thing that I can do in our business to help us to be successful because uh, the culture isn't just about having uh, cool soda and treats in the break room and that type of thing. It's, It's across the board about what you're passionate about, what value you're adding. Are you giving people autonomy in their job? So there's a lot of things that we look at internally that we're constantly striving for. And with that, it's been great because 
right now there's been huge turnover in the technology industry, you know, developers moving from company to company. And we've been able to stay well, well, well below that, you know, where our turnover rate is more like 3%. And, and right now turnover rates are in the double digits in general. So wow. that, that's something we're passionate about. And I could talk all day about our culture, but then you guys would run out of time and we go care. right to season so, eight. Yeah, yeah, you'd be season eight. And, and so <laughs> let, me, let me move on. Why is it important for restaurants? Uh, before the pandemic, people would, you know, if I was at a show and they might ask me, what do you see in the future for the restaurant industry? Back then, I would say, I think in a few years, you're going to see restaurants caring more about their culture. You're going to see them showing employees that it's not just a part-time job. It's not just something you do in high school, but this is a career. And they start to really show value and benefits to them. And, and so I'm really happy. I think we're seeing more of that. And I, I think it's going to change the way that people think about working at restaurants. I like it. And I agree. And I think you have seen a tremendous change in the way uh, restaurant on the, on the corporate side of the restaurant world is, is, is looking at their employee, employees and the corporate culture and benefits and things like that and workplace uh, uh, you know, conditions, et cetera. So I think you're, you're 100% spot on. And I think it's fantastic. All right, we're going to talking back right now. This is uh, this is a new segment, it's an old segment, but new for me. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> why we love to talk on the podcast? Nobody likes to talk more than Jimmy. Maybe me a little bit, but Jimmy does a, a great job talking. We like to ask our guests to give us a couple of questions. So so let's kick off talking back, where we offer you a chance to ask us a question. Nothing, nothing is off the table here. Anything you want to ask, Tony, it, the, the <laughs> mic is yours. Okay, great. Well, you said a couple, so maybe I will do two. Let's see here. I'll do I'll do a fun one. I'll do a serious one. Okay. Did I say a fun, couple? I meant one. Yeah, you're getting two. <laughs> fun first. Getting two. Would you rather find a bug in your food or a human hair? I'm going bug. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think bug. I, I'd actually I'd probably just eat the bug. Yeah, I like the bug. Yeah. I want bug. Actually, I'd really like to find a whole bug because that way I'll assume I haven't eaten any of <laughs> oh. it. If I find half a bug, I'll be concerned that I've already consumed some yes. bug. I prefer bug over uh, over human hair. Isn't that interesting? I mean, are people that gross, right? That I would choose the same thing. We all want a bug in our food. Like, yes. How gross are people? Okay. Uh, next yeah, next no, I, I, A hair, I think, would definitely ski people out. Yeah. Bug, not so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I guess it's a bug. That's fine. It's a fly. <laughs> okay, next one. Um, you're seven years into the podcast. Who's been your worst guest? No, I'm just joking. Don't answer that. You don't have to look far, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> it's season seven opener. Yeah, I Season seven it's over. Yep. Uh, my first and last time here. Uh, no, my question is this. You have had seven years in it. You've talked to a lot of great folks, and you have a lot of experience in the restaurant industry. What, for you, would be the ideal pieces of a restaurant software? Like, give me something to aspire to in the coming years. What What are all the pieces you wish were in one spot? Oh, I like it. And you know why I really love that question? Because that is, teed up, that is teed up for the restaurant guy named Michael Shatsy Schatzberg. Wow. That is, uh, that, <laughs> that is, that is a, t that is a tough one. But I, 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 I think the obvious answer, maybe it's not obvious, but I suspect that when we look at the point of sale system, and, and look at the 
the point of sale system and what it does and then all the rest of the tech and they're all kind of disconnected. So if you ask me, it seems to me that this one central place should be where I take the orders, pay my accounts payable, my accounts receivable. The whole thing should just be – it should be – the schedule – it should just be one thing. Everything Chats, you need, you need be, a connected restaurant. You need a connected it's restaurant. A connect, yeah, it, it, and it just, yeah. yeah, so it's just – it should just be one one thing, and it should all be connected, and that would be it. That just – you know, so Restaurant 365 should be the point of sale. It should be where I take my orders, process the orders, print the orders – get the payments, do my scheduling, do my forecasting, all in one spot. Restaurant 365 should buy toast, and that will be the end of it. What do you think? <laughs> Shatsy, Shatsy, Shatsy. Tony said he has 110 POS integrations. That's as much as anyone we know in the industry, and you now want to put him in competition with 110 of his key partners? <laughs> I, 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 I just made an incredible <laughs> marriage here, Jimmy. 28,000 restaurants. I, how about this? How about – Restaurant 365, Toast and Square, all merge. How about that? Uh, you got a better. You got <laughs> and Mike there Rose you go. and NCR. You're, 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 How you about got a that? better chance of having Coke and Pepsi come together and creating. And that's a, not a, a bad idea, there, Jimmy. <laughs> We're <laughs> making headlines. <laughs> we, we better Coke. move on. He's getting crazier. Yeah, by the way. yeah. I don't know what you had for breakfast, man. You get a little nutty, but I, I do like the question, Tony. And I'd say the following: the point of sale. I always think of the point of sale like my cable, my my cable channel, my my uh, my cable service. I really want to have everything embedded in my universal cable box. I want to have that one bill and then I want the best functionality or the best stuff I can have in that one let's say box and one remote. I, I think the in the industry continues to look for bundled solutions um, and while it's not a one size fits all, you know, a high end and full service and casual, full service casual, quick serve, et cetera. There's so many different ways one is going to experience food and beverage. But I think at the end of the day, the operator would like a, a, as seamless and bundled and integrated a solution as possible. So I think the fact that you're in with 110 POS, uh, POS is that's a great place for, for R365. And my sense is there's a lot of functionality that really needs to find its way into the POS in whatever seamless or integrations integrated manner because the operator doesn't want to have 40 tech line items to maintain and train. Right. They want it to go uh, through through one channel if possible. But again, Shatsy, you know, merging, you, he could tell you to go buy Tozen Square, but I'm going to tell you, I, I was, think right I thought I was coming up with some breaking news yes. and yeah. that R365 has uh, just put a hostile bid in for Tozen Square. <laughs> yes, and, and and for clarity, since since uh, this this FCC violations here, we, that is not breaking news. That is not even news. That is, that is not happening. Okay, listen, I'm <laughs> very you. excited now because I I took seven seasons, but I'm getting a new segment. I got to tell you, I got a little bounce in my step. I even helped create the segment by accident. Of course, our producer, uh, Coach Julie, uh, came up with it. But the new segment, it is you know our favorite restaurant moments. I recently shared uh, with the members of the branded team, uh, one of my kind of favorite restaurant moments, uh, actually it was with Shatsy. We had just opened up uh, one of our Big Daddy uh, Big Daddy restaurants on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Um, I was meeting Shatsy uh, for brunch. Place was jamming. We were loving it. Place was booming early in, uh, in, those, in those first few uh, weeks or months. Um, Shatsy and I grabbed two seats at the counter and um, very casually Shatsy turned to a server and said, listen, just bring us out the next two mistakes. 
Okay, I know the place is slammed. It's jamming. We don't want to cause any time and attention. We don't take any time and attention. Just bring us your next two mistakes. And sure enough, within you know less than X minutes, two perfectly imperfect dishes came our way. There's always a mistake, especially when you're first opening, but mayo on something shouldn't have been there. Maybe put some coleslaw on something. Anyway, I love the two perfectly imperfect dishes came our way. So that got me thinking, what are some other funny or interesting stories that our guests may have? So Tony, you're kicking off. You're the first one to ever been asked this question on the podcast. What's your favorite restaurant story? Well, I hope I have a good enough answer. So you keep the segment. Let's see what we got here. Uh, well, one time I traveled a few years ago to Michigan. I was going to go to the University of Michigan, see my favorite college football team play theirs. I wanted to go to the big house. Very excited. First time there. And I, I love BYU. I had my BYU gear on. We go to the stadium. Our team loses, I think, 31 to zero. OK, wasn't wasn't a great showing for flying all the way to Michigan. So afterwards, we're wandering around very dejected. We look like Charlie Brown, you know, heads are down <laughs> and we did not know where to go. We just kind of walking around campus. But sure enough, when you're down, where do you end up? You end up in a restaurant. Right. So we, we walked into a restaurant and looking to cheer ourselves up and and sat down. And it was pretty funny because. Everyone there was a Michigan fan and they all knew <laughs> how embarrassed we all must feel. And and so immediately the waitress comes up to our table and just says, I'm sorry. Guys. <laughs> she just apologizes. <laughs> you know what? That's great hospitality. Very caring. We had people in there that day offering to pay for our appetizers. We had all kinds because of just how embarrassing it was. And I just remember that it, it just makes me think restaurants are such a a place of community that uh, people can get together, you know, even if a, a second ago we were cheering against each other. What a great place for people to be. It's like cheers. Yeah, that's you know, right. As a Jet fan, I feel your pain because as I walk around any city with a Jet jersey on, uh, no matter what time of year it is, I generally get the same uh, response. I'm so sorry. So I understand. <laughs> I understand uh, how you feel there for sure. But that is uh, that is hospitality at its finest. You know, I'll pick well, you guys, some beers. You guys have our old quarterback now, Zach Wilson. Hopefully, he can perform for you. We are we are hoping some good things. Well, I like it, Chats. Although I got to tell you, I swear, Chats. Somehow this season, your kids became big LA Ram fans. I don't know how that happened. All of a sudden, I don't know. You know sudden, I don't know. You go, you win a Super Bowl. That's what happens. Yeah, all of the Ram fans. <laughs> all right, Tony. I like the way you played the uh, the the favorite restaurant story. I think we'll we we're gonna have it back uh, next week. All right, our all crystal right. ball moment—a chance where we ask our guests to put on their Kreskin or Miss Cleo hat and predict the future. The future. How do you see restaurants, Tony, and dining two years from now in relation to hospitality and technology? Mm, okay. Well, two years isn't too far out. So I guess we're not talking flying cars. That seems to be the answer for the future yep. most of the time. Okay. Pizza robots, maybe? I, I could I could see a few of those in the back of the house even then. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, my, my little Caesars job in, in high school of taking pizzas out of the oven, maybe uh, you know, get replaced by a robot some of the time. I think I think what you'd really see, though, if I'm if I'm looking seriously two years down the road, I think you might see restaurant technology spend be about four percent of revenue. Right now, it's more like three percent of revenue. I know that's probably not that exciting to hear or talk about, but here's why. Oh, but what, and what's the industry average? I'm yeah, not the industry average. About, what is the what is business yeah, average? Yeah, business average in other industries is around six percent. 
Right. It's about six. Restaurant industry is around three. So it's about half. And I think you go up to four. And and basically, I just it, back when we started restaurant 365, it was more like two. You know, it was even lower. And and so I think we'll see more solutions that pr- drive more adoption. The, the better features you have, it's actually adding value to the restaurant. Then it makes sense to pay for it. You know, it doesn't make sense to pay for it just because technology is cool. It's when it adds value. And I think we're really seeing some feature-rich applications. I think you're seeing some consolidation of these products mm-hmm. across the industry that's going to make it easier to use all in one place. And, and so that's really what I think we're going to see. And, and specifically, where are they going to spend? I think a heavy amount of that is going to be around employees, the hiring, retaining, yes. and paying of employees. I think you're going to see employees getting paid daily in a lot of restaurants by then. Um, yeah, I could. I, I better stop. But that, those are things I think you're going to see. I like it. Hey, Shats, by the way, Tony, very smart guy. You know what? If we think he's right, you know what you and I should do? Uh, no. We should focus on uh, food, hospitality, <laughs> tech, and innovation. We should, we should yeah, focus on Maybe you on should that. have a, a yes. podcast about yes. it. We should, we should <laughs> lean into that. You yes. Know? All right. Just my I thought. love it. I lean like it a lot. In. All right. I, I got to right, tell you, we're going to have Tony back. Mark your calendars. Uh, April 26, 2024. <laughs> and we will check and see just how his crystal ball moment went. Uh, all right, listen, Jimmy, you had your segment. We'll see how it goes. But I think we all know how great the Brandon Quickfire is. <laughs> this is the best segment. Nobody questions that. So I'm going to ask Tony five lightning round questions. Don't think too hard. Just give us the first answer that comes to your mind. Tony, are you ready? Hit me. What's your go-to karaoke song? I think we're going Frank Sinatra, probably The Way You Look Tonight, or 90s rock like Jimmy Eat World. Don't get Jimmy started now with Sinatra. Where are you getting dinner from tonight? (laughs) Tonight, I am taking my seven-year-old to buy a softball bat, so... If she's picking somewhere with a drive-thru, probably. Uh Is that like Dick's Sporting Goods you got to go for that? Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite food city in the world? Hmm... I'm going to say Charleston, South Carolina. Uh Very up and coming. Everyone's talking Charleston. I haven't been, but I'm going to have to get over there. Where is your favorite place to travel? Oh, that one's easy. I love the giant redwoods up at the top of California. Those ancient trees that are about 400 feet tall. That's my favorite. Okay. So we are all parents here, right? Yes. Yep. If you were to challenge, (laughs) we are all parents here. (laughs) If you were to challenge Jimmy Rye, to a dad joke showdown, who would you have better odds of beating? Ooh, I I am a dad joke connoisseur, so <laughs> hey, you're the one I'm, about I'm, the, Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna say both of you combined. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh yeah. He's yes. taking us down. I went you know confident. What? Yeah. Yeah, Shatsy, when we bring them back in two years, we're gonna each have to have us each gonna have to tell our best dad joke, and we'll let the we'll let the listeners we'll let the listeners. You know what? Tony might beat. Me, but Shats, I'm convinced I would beat you. So <laughs> Jimmy, you have you have like this you confidence have this stable. Confidence? No, you have a stable <laughs> of like old jokes that you like dig up. I don't even know how you remember. You remember these jokes like your dad told you, like you know from 1960 something. You know, like you just it was 1960 up, you know, something classic then. jokes. That's that you classic. I got to tell you, 1960s was a great dad joke decade. Fantastic dad joke <laughs> decade. Some really good ones there. Exactly. You know, exactly. Good, well, good I'm gonna music, tell you, great music, great dad jokes. Okay, Jimmy, you still beat me. You still beat right. me on I'll the uh, on that uh, question number. Number five on the quick fire. All right, I'll tell you. Listen, Tony, we want to thank you so much for joining us uh, on the podcast. 
podcast and for sharing all these uh, all your insights. We appreciate uh, the work that you and the team at R365 do uh, for the industry, and we think you guys are on a great run. Uh, and congratulations again on the recognition as as one of the you know the great companies uh, to be working for uh, by Forbes. Um, well deserved. We do hear a lot of really good things about you, and, and again, we appreciate you uh, joining us for the podcast. Hey, wait, if you Tony, want to before get- you move on, Jimbo, sorry. If 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 anybody out there is looking for an incredible accounting, full stack accounting payables, the whole shebang solution for your restaurant. If you're still using a, a baby system, no, no, no disrespect to some of the QuickBooks fans out there, but where do we get, how do I get in touch with you guys? Uh, I'd say uh, our website's probably the best. Yeah, restaurant365.com. Go check it out, guys. I have been using it in our restaurants for, I'm telling you, as long as they've been around and, and, and even longer. Uh, and it is just, it is, it is the best solution out there for all things uh, accounts payable and stuff like that, receivable, all that. Sorry about that, Jimmy. Go ahead. That's all right, Chat. Just great. wanted to this give thing. a little plug. Uh, yeah, this, Tony, this. Uh, let me just give you my address for the check that you're going to send me for that plug. Yes. Uh, yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the the scripted closing is uh, sponsored by um, QuickBooks. And uh, <laughs> if, if you yeah, need you're going to pull my license, by the way, because we use QuickBooks. If, if, you need, if you need books, you need quick QuickBooks. Okay, listen, um, if you want to get in touch with Tony directly, besides going to the website he suggested, uh, you can reach out to the podcast team at podcast at brandedstrategic.com, and we'd be happy to make the connection. Uh, to our listeners, we want to thank you so much for tuning in. We are thrilled to be launching into Season 7. We know there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and we really do appreciate that you choose to make this um, one of the ones you're, you're checking out and subscribing None to. None that have guests like this. You don't get you don't get CEO. You don't get you don't like get guests like this. Listen, and speaking of guests like this, next week we'll be welcoming our friend Mr. Brian Solar from Square, the big guy himself. And I'm telling you, if you've met Brian, he's a very intimidating. When are they going to go from Square? When are we going to start calling it Block? When are you going to say Block? <laughs> you know what, Chatsy? Next week you can ask Brian Solar, and you can ask him that really insightful question of when is uh, Square going to change its name to Block? Um, finally, if you haven't done so already. Uh, please subscribe to our podcast. You don't miss out on any of the exciting guests uh, we have coming up um, in this season. And better yet, and invite a friend to hang out with us the next time. So until then, uh, Tony, with appreciation and thank you. Uh, this is Jimmy Frishing, your finance guy, signing off and passing it back to Shatsy. This is Shatsy, a.k.a. Restaurant Guy. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Tony, thank you so much. I appreciate your time today. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. See ya. Cheers. Cheers. 